Hello, and welcome to episode 103 of the Casual Tryhard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And this week, we're kind of going to do speculation slash mechanics on Kaldheim. So some of the things are officially spoiled and some things are not. Ooh, we're living on the edge. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be kind of a weird episode. We don't have a whole lot to go over. And all of like the way this spoiler season has started to roll out has been kind of strange. So we're just going to kind of recoup what we know so far and hopefully make, make a couple of predictions. I think when this show goes live should be like the first day of actual spoiler season. So maybe by the time you're hearing us, you'll know some of this stuff. Yep. So if you'd like to uh, tweet at us how wrong we were when the new uh, spoilers <laughs> start, get at us on Twitter at casual tripod. Yep. You can also hit us up on Facebook at casual tryhard MTG. You can also drop us an email show at casual tryhard MTG.com. If you're looking to pick up any singles, fill out some decks, spend some Christmas money, whatever, uh, don't forget to use our TCG player affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Anything you purchase after following that link, we'll get a small sliver of to help keep the show rolling. Uh, if you want to support us a little bit more directly, you can do so at patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. Uh, patrons get early access to show notes. I usually post them the day before the show goes live. They also get access to our pre-show ramblings which is pretty much just us catching up because we don't get to see each other much anymore but we record that while we're checking mic levels and stuff like that and we blast it out to our patrons completely unedited it's awful and you guys want it so <laughs> we give it to you hey, hey, hey. <laughs> it's internet gold it's not awful sure. <laughs> become a patron get some awful content no yeah. sell harder <laughs> I mean, it's great. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. I got a baby great. to send to college one of these days. Come on now, Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make that happen. Yeah. Uh, we also have a Discord channel. Uh, there should be a link in the description. There's a link on Twitter. There's a link on Facebook. If you can't find a link to get an invite, let us know and we'll shoot you one. I think we're going to be reorganizing Discord a little bit coming up in the not-too-distant future. So the old link may or may not work at some point. Uh, stay tuned and we'll let everybody know what's going on. We'll figure it out. Yep. All right. So we are going to, in the words of Led Zeppelin, a land of ice and snow. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's much better than my title. <laughs> right. So we're going to Keldheim, mm -hmm. the land of Thor. And like I said, Sweet, sweet Led Zeppelin songs. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it is a good song. Yes, very good. I just, I only think of like Thor Ragnarok now. Yeah. yeah. Was it Immigrant Songs, the name of that song? It is, yes. There we go. Okay. So, Keldheim. Uh, there's been some spoilers. Watsy decided they were going to do this thing they've never really done before. They've done, they did what they called a week of metal. Yeah. Where they got metal bands who i assume have never seen a magic card some of them actually have okay like, strangely surprising but some of them haven't yeah th i mean there was one band where like they all played magic and okay never in a million years would i have guessed that they all played ma i forget which band it was but yeah and so they gave them cards to spoil it was a week before christmas mm-hmm 
and we were we were in uh, the, the throes of uh, the 100 episode glow so we kind of pushed that <laughs> off yeah but this is uh so they officially spoiled like probably 10 cards over that span yeah something like that and in the last few weeks people have been opening collector boosters and been finding yeah. Keldheim cards uh, specifically Commander Legends Collector Boosters, I think. Yeah. To the point that apparently someone locally here did that. We are not, we don't know the person personally, but our game store owner was like, check this out. Yeah. From what I've been told, it's somebody not too far removed. Yes. So, of course, these things have made it to the internet and have kind of revealed some mechanics. So we're going to kind of go over the mechanics as we know them and maybe some of the cards. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we're not going to go super in depth. We're still going to do our uh, our normal set review for like the episode that comes out right before the set releases. Um, but we are going to talk about the mechanics, maybe make a couple predictions, talk about some of the cards, just kind of give a general once over. Yeah. So I guess we can start with the kind of returning mechanic yeah. that we don't know exactly what it's doing, and that's snow. Yeah, that's why I left New York. Because <laughs> of snow. Because <laughs> of snow, yes. So, snow has a long, long, long history with magic. Yeah, all the way back to 94, 95. Was it an Ice Age? Did they have snow oh. stuff in Ice Age? Yep, yep, Ice Age. Okay. And then I, I was going to say, like, I think it was most... Oh, yeah, because they had snow-covered lands in Ice Age. That's right. Yep. The, yep. Good, the good, like head island uh, yes the head island the head that's island, one of my favorites which is way better than the current like icicle snow right. but then i think it really got used a lot more in cold snap mm-hmm. that's when you started getting creatures that made snow mana and more particularly you had snow mana costs yep so how does snow land work so snow is a super type, which means it goes like at the start of the type line. So it'll be like uh, snow land or snow creature or snow enchantment. Or... It's kind of like legendary. Yeah. Yep. So it doesn't count as like for a creature. It'll be like snow creature elf. It won't be like creature snow elf. Although that'd be kind of cool, wouldn't it? It would. Yeah, that's not how it works, though. Snow's not something that you could, like, name with a card. Like, if you had... I'm trying to think of a good example. Witch's Vengeance. The one black, black uh, creatures yeah. of a certain type get neg three, neg three. You couldn't say snow. Right. But you could well, say... Well, I, I mean, you, you could say snow, but it wouldn't do what you want to do. Well, I don't think you can choose it, because it's not a, a, a correct creature type. It's not a legal creature type. Oh, I didn't know that it had to be a legal creature type. I, I thought you could name whatever to. you wanted. Well, I think it has to be like a, I don't know, level a half judge here. I'm not 100% sure on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, like you you don't, can't just name snow. It's kind of like artifact creature, right? And right. If you had Witch's Vengeance, you couldn't say artifact. You'd have right. to name construct. Yep. You couldn't name enchantment for enchantment creatures. Yeah. So it's yep. the same kind of thing. But snowlands work differently and that when you tap a snow forest, you make a green mana, but that mm-hmm. green mana is also a snow green mana. Right. So, so it's like kind of like a modifier. Yeah. So 
what is it? Snow permanence makes the snow permanent that makes mana makes snow mana. Right. So if you have like Boreal Druid is a mana elf from Cold Snap, it makes a colorless mana when, when you tap it. But it is a snow creature, which means that it makes a snow mana when you tap it, not just a colorless. So the kind of the most famous card right now that uses snow mana is mm-hmm. uh, Ar- Arkham's Astrolib. It just has like okay. a snowflake in the corner. Mm-hmm. So you can't tap a forest to pay for that mana cost. You have to tap right. a snow it's be a snow covered. Yeah, yeah, for Arkham's Astrolib, it doesn't matter what color that snow mana is. It just needs to be snow. Right. So snow lands are kind of unique in that way. Now we don't yeah. know. Astrolabe is not the not the card that I thought you were going to name there. But what's the what's the most snowy card you can think of? Scrying sheets, man. Yeah, I mean scrying sheets is older. Yeah, it's the OG. It is from Scred. <laughs> yes. So we assume that there's snow lands in the set because one yeah. of the spoiled cards is called. Blessing of Frost. Okay, and what does that do? Uh, it's three and a green for a snow sorcery. Which we have no, no. idea what a snow sorcery is. Yeah, I, I have no idea why you would need snow super type for a sorcery. We can speculate it on, on it a little bit later, but for right now, just know that it's a snow sorcery. And it says distribute X plus one plus one counters among any number of creatures you control where X is the amount of snowflake, which is the symbol for snow mana, spent to cast this spell. Then draw a card for each creature you control with power four or greater. So it's asking you to be able to play, spend snow mana to cast the card. Right. So we have to have things that make snow mana, which would be snow lands. Yep. Um, and Boreal Druid. And Boreal Druid. And Astrolabe. And Astrolabe. Yeah, there we go. That is true. That's a snow artifact. Yes, that makes mana. This opens up design space that we haven't had in standard mm-hmm. in a long time. So snowlands aren't limited to the to like four, right? A snow covered forest is still a basic land, right? So you can have twenty snow covered forests in your deck. Mm-hmm. They're not limited like they were before. Yeah, like we said they tap for regular and snow mana. Mm-hmm. And unless there's some sort of hard punish for playing Snowlands in the set, which they don't do that anymore. Yeah, it, it's not something that exists currently. It's not something that they've ever done, to my knowledge, is punish you for playing Snow Snow anything. Yeah, so as you've seen in like Modern and Legacy, people that mm-hmm. don't even have any cards that care about Snow in their deck mm-hmm. will only play Snowlands. Right. Because of the teeny tiny microscopic edge you can get by juking someone to think that snow matters in your deck. Yeah, I mean, that's not the only reason, but... I mean, I, I think the people in, like, Legacy that are, you know, not playing Snoko uh, and still playing Snowlands, a lot of it's just to get an edge. Right, but the edge doesn't come from, like, trying to juke your opponent, though, necessarily. I mean, it could... But, you know, there's effects that, like, exchange control of permanence if you happen to end up with a snow permanent. Yeah. You have zero chance of using it. 
if you don't have snow lands, if you do have snow lands, like there's no downside to using them. Plus on the off chance you end up with, you know, some sort of snow permanent, you can you, use it. You somehow get an ice fan quaddle and now right. it has death touch. Right. Now the, the sad part of that is that has led people to stop playing unique and interesting basic lands. Yeah. Right. Because now you just have to pay play snow lands because it gives you the highest win percentage. Yep. Right. So like a whole swath of magic's basic land history has gone away. And it's like you have mm. Ice Age lands, you have Cold Snap lands, which the Cold mm-hmm. Snap uh basic island is pretty neat. It's like the glacier. Yeah. And then you have the Modern Horizons lands. Yeah, and then whatever these ones are. Whatever be. these are. Which, I mean, hopefully there's some full art land so we're not just stuck with the same, like, five Modern Horizons. I mean, basics. the Modern Horizons lands were pretty, though. They are. They are, but, like, when they're the only lands you've seen for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, kind of gets a little old. Yeah. So, there's going to be some snow spells. Mm-hmm. Maybe there'll be snow permanents. Yeah. Beyond I'm, snow I'm lands. I'm assuming that if we have snow sorceries that like whatever for whatever reason they decided to tax no one to a sorcery is probably a pretty good reason to tax no one to artifacts and enchantments and creatures and maybe we'll get a snow planeswalker maybe so the the only thing i can think for why you'd put snow on a sorcery Mm -hmm. is that if you think about legendary sorceries Mm -hmm. you have to control a legendary creature or planeswalker to be able to cast them yeah maybe a snow sorcery can only be cast if you have snow permanents or snow lands in play Mm, maybe right so they get around the giving it a snow mana cost yeah by just giving it a snow like hey you have to have a snow thing also a thing to point out in every set that has had snow matters, and that's two, Cold Snap mm-hmm. and Modern Horizons, when you do your drafts, you have to draft your basic lands. So yeah, I was going to mention that earlier. Right, so if you draft Blessing of Frost, mm-hmm. and it's like, hey, you have to pay snow mana, you can't just go to the basic land station or on Arena, click, 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 and right. just put in snow basics, you have to draft them. So it mm-hmm. adds an extra layer to the draft. So, right, like if you take Blessing of Frost, pack one, pick one, maybe pack four, uh, pack one, pick four, you're like, I should probably take a snow forest. Yeah. So it's kind of it, like gates. Yeah, it kind of made it awkward in Modern Horizons draft because they were like, reason- like that was the best de- the best draft archetype. So it made it hard to, like, if you opened up a bomb in that archetype, that made it hard to move into that archetype because, you know, there's a pretty good chance you have already, like, passed by a reasonable number of snow basics. Yeah, like, pack two, pick one, you get, like, a snow bomb. And you're like, oh, I can't take this because I've passed five basics already. And I'm not going to be able to, like, play it. Yeah. So, like, on some level... Much like uh, Wingding was the secret sixth color in Magic. 
Yeah. And you had to draft the basics for that in uh, Battle for Zendikar block. Mm-hmm. Snow is, again, like a secret sixth color. Yeah. Where you have to draft the lands that let you pay those snow costs. Yep. So we have... Makes it kind of tricky. Yeah, it does make the draft tricky. It adds an extra layer, which can be fun. Mm-hmm. But if you're not super familiar with it, because I'm sure there are going to be people that like take their like snow rare mm-hmm. and then not realize that they can't that they have to take the basics right and like they will like train wreck a draft or two yeah so that will be less than fun for that for them initially mm-hmm. so we have we have blessing with frost we have snow it's gonna be weird man but whatever yeah. Like snow was really fun in Modern Horizons, but it did kind it of have like knock on effects like for like older formats of magic where, you know, you used to play like your sweet beta island, but right. now you're like, I can't play my sweet beta island because I'm losing percentage points. I mean you could write snow covered on it. That so, counts, right? So why did you deface <laughs> your thirty dollar basic land? Shut up. I needed to be able to play it. <laughs> You just write snow on it, and then you just draw a snowflake, and you're just like, done. Snow. Snow, snow island, let's go. Yep. Um, the next mechanic is a mechanic that I'm really surprised that they brought in. Like, I'm surprised they brought in snow, but yeah. changeling is something I was not expecting. Uh, yeah, completely out of left field. Changeling is an ability that, it's a keyword ability that creatures have. I believe that they're all shapeshifters, right? On the type line, it's creature shapeshifter. I do believe so, yeah. And then changeling is a keyword. And things with changeling are all creature types. All of them. Yes. Even ones that don't exist yet. Yes, they are all creature types, living and dead. They're just all of them. Which matters for, you know... Party. Party. Yes, it matters... For party, it makes party more functional. I was thinking like mm-hmm. Marwyn, the nurturer, yep. the elf. Yep. yep. Like if you play her and then you play something with Changeling, she gets a counter. Yep. If you have Metallic Mimic and you've named Giant and then you play a Changeling, right. Changeling gets that counter. Yep. So the Changeling that we got spoiled is Realm Walker. Mm-hmm. It's two and a green for a two three. That's a pretty decent rate. It is. I mean, it's kind of the like generic uh, green creature with ability, like Ramanaka yep. Excavator kind of cost. Uh, and it's yep. like stat line. It's a yep. creature shapeshifter, changeling. And when Realm uh, Walker enters the uh, battlefield, choose a t- creature type. And then mm-hmm. you can look at the top card of your library at any time and you may cast creature spells of the chosen type from the top of your library. So now my question is, is when does changeling take effect? So if I name elf and my top card's a realm walker, is it an elf or is it a shapeshifter? It's a changeling. It's everything. So it's everything in, in all zones? I'm reasonably sure it's in all zones. Okay. Oh, here it is. Rule 702.72. Changeling. Okay. This is rule 702.72a. Changeling is a characteristic defining ability. Changeling means this object is every creature type. This ability works everywhere, even outside the game. 
even outside the game. So not not just in all zones, but also outside the game. Exactly. Okay. So even in your sideboard. Even in your sideboard, it is all creature types. Even in your pocket. Please don't put your cards there. Uh, but yes, even in your pocket. Even I, if it falls on the floor. Oh man, this is just a horror shell for uh, for Realm Walker or whatever his name is. Even if it's in the showcase and you haven't bought it yet. Correct. It is. It is everything, everywhere. So yeah. So like, you name Elf with your Realm Walker, you can cast the Realm Walker off the top of your deck mm-hmm. because it's an Elf. Yep. So like I said, it'll help with party. It'll help with Pyre of Heroes, which is an artifact that got spoiled. Oh yeah, that's a fun one. That you pay to and can sacrifice a creature to go get a creature out of your deck mm-hmm. with converted mana cost one more than the sacrifice creature's converted mana cost, so a two drop can get a three drop. Right, but they have to share a creature type. They have to share a creature type. But if it's a changeling It's all creature types. It's all creature types. So it lets you go like human to changeling, changeling to dwarf. Right. So it, it does give you that flexibility to kinda of like tie the pyre of heroes like change together you're not like yeah between tribes yeah because like in standard could you imagine if you just only had to play humans right Right. there'd be some really like glaring holes or maybe some stinkers you had to play Mm -hmm. but when you're like oh no i can play realm walker as my three drop and -hmm. still be able to get back to human if i need to turn into a four drop yep so yeah like i thought changeling wasn't like the most popular mechanic in the world like, it was at least not from a popular plane. It's very useful, though. It is. Especially for, like, I mean, it works best with tribal synergies, obviously. And it works the absolute best in, like, hard-to-support tribal synergies. So, like, when you think of tribal decks, you think goblins, elves, humans, whatever, spirits. But you don't necessarily think about dwarves or angels as like tribal decks you know what i mean yeah unicorns Uh, yeah unicorns advisors well persistent petitioners were like advisors but there's only like four advisors that have ever been printed yeah so Um, so changes kind of help fill in those voids they do that and like you mentioned too right like for party it makes it more Mm -hmm. like standard viable because Instead right. of having to play some like super garbo, you know, rogues, I guess rogues is yeah. a good example. Uh, wizards. Um, wizards or clerics, yeah. right? You can put a changeling in mm-hmm. that fills that role, or even yeah. better, right? It's always your missing party member. Right. Right. So you're like, oh, I have, you know, it doesn't punish you for like drawing like two wizards a rogue, a warrior, and a cleric, mm. right? Like, uh, Or I guess uh, two wizards and then two of the other three. Right. Instead, like, it's always the one you're going to miss. So instead mm-hmm. of it being your second wizard, it's your first one you're missing. Right, your first cleric or whatever. Yeah. So it does make it so you have more times that party will be turned on. Mm-hmm. So that'll be good for anyone who wants to play those decks. Yeah, it also might let you run some of the party stuff in a deck where you normally wouldn't think about it. I can't think of any like party cards that are, you know, maybe constructed viable off the top of my head. I'd have to go back and look. Linvala. Oh yeah, sure. 
the three mana Linvala, is a yep. wizard, right? And so like your blue white, and like blue white naturally has like rogues and wizards Cleric. and clerics, but yeah. it doesn't naturally have warriors. But right. blue should be a shapeshiftery changeling color. Mm-hmm. So those changelings are kind of default warriors for you. Right. So. Or even like if you were playing like a mono red deck and you had uh, warriors and wizards, but you're never going to get any clerics and there's very few rogues, you could, you know, run a changeling and then have access to like um, the, with the Grotag bug runner or whatever that could get like yeah. plus four when it attacks. Yeah. So it's got to like help that out. Like I said, it'll help mm-hmm. with Pyre of Heroes. There's not been any changelings that have had like older format viability other than Mirror Entity. Chameleon Colossus. Oh, Chameleon Colossus. But that's just because it's pro black. Well, yeah, and it gets huge when you have lots of mana. Yeah. But there might be one that ends up fitting into like, you know, Realm Walker could fit into like elves. Mm-hmm. If you need like another draw engine with elves. Oh, that's actually kind of nuts. That replaces Beast Walker, right? Yeah. Like, it doesn't let you get through lands, but it's cheaper. It is. And it's an elf. I mean, it kind of runs into the same problem, though, with Beast Walker or whatever his name is. Right. Like, if you hit a land, you stop with both of them. Yeah, but, like, if you have another elf in your hand, you can get through it with Beast Walker, whereas with Realm Walker, you can't. Yeah, but it just gives you a way to, like, kind of power through and cast a lot of spells off the top of your library. Yeah. And at three mana, it's like the right cost for that effect. I think it's the cheapest version of this effect. Um, I think so, yeah. Because there was the I... guy from Amonkhet, that, or Arrow Devastation, that was like something of the menagerie that was four mana. Yeah, he was four mana. So this is like one cheaper. Mm-hmm. And like, what's the other ones? Like Experimental Frenzy was four. Pizza Oven. Pizza Oven is four. Mystic yep. Forge. So, yeah, no, it's it's interesting, and it'll, like, I think help power up the party cards from mm-hmm. Zendikar Rising. Yep. No, I think so. So Interesting to see what the rest of them are going to look like. Yeah, yeah. So next up we have Boast. Yeah, this is a weird one. Not because it's, like, abnormal or, you know, outside you know, what you can wrap your brain around, but just because we've had like a million versions of this mechanic. So boast is something that is kind of an attack trigger, but not really like boast turns on once the creature has attacked, the card will say like boast and then a mana cost, and then it'll have an effect, but you can only activate boast if the creature has attacked. Yeah. So it's kind of like raid, but it is raid that is specific to that creature. Yeah. And like you get it multiple times. Raid was usually like a ETB, right? If you had attacked with a creature, you get like the raid bonus. Or like, remember Bloodsoaked Champion? You got to bring it back from your graveyard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you attacked this turn. But it was like, if you attacked with one creature and then had three raid effects, you paid the attack cost for all right. those raid effects. Yep. Boast is you attack with with your creature, mm-hmm. that creature with boast, it attacking allows you to use boast on it, but not boast on something else. 
Right. Yeah, so it has to be a one single creature. Whenever they've put a mechanic, well, most of the time when they put a mechanic that is attack-focused in a set, it ends up making the limited environment really aggressive. Yeah, and typically they haven't been super constructed playable either, right? No, like... Like Exert wasn't particularly constructed playable. I mean, there was obviously Glorybringer saw play, but... Oh, and you forgot the best one. Well, the second best one. The Goblin. Because Goblin... The, uh, oh, no, go- not, goblin not the guide? Goblin. Not the Goblin. Oh, what is his name? Uh, Oncop Crasher. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Right, where you, basically it was just like, play him win the game. Like, right. make it so your one blocker can't block kill you. Right, but yeah, they weren't. There weren't a ton of them. Like Bloodsoak Champion was played from cons, and that was it. Yeah, I think so. Oh, uh, Wingmate Rock was the other yeah, one. Yeah, that's a play for a little bit, but even that kind of fell out of favor pretty quick. Yeah, Wingmate Rock was a three-four flyer for five, and if you had attacked, you got a copy of it, so you got right. two three-four flyers for five. This card seems like laughably bad right now. Yeah, it's like, ooh, you got two, three five flyers. Cool. Like, yeah, I don't yeah, really care. I got an Uro. <laughs> I've got an Uro. I've got one six six smusher draw card, gain three life. Yeah. Uh, That's a cute elk you have there. Yeah. I will attack you for six and fog one of your birds. Right. Your play. I'll yeah. double block. Cool. <laughs> I will bring back my I will kill one of them, bring back my Uro, gain three life, fog the other one. And draw yeah. a card. Yeah, and I don't think there were any from Ixalan that got played, right? Not that I could think um, of. Um no. No, I remember like being like the, the counter spell that if you attacked it only cost one. I was like, is this good? No, it is not good. The um the black orc that oh. like raid drew a card saw play out of sideboards for a minute. Yeah, the three two for three that like you, you yeah. lost life equal to the converted mana cost if you attacked. Yeah. Yeah. And that was an every turn thing, I think. Oh, there was a discard enchantment. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Raider Spoils or something. Yeah. That saw a little bit of play. But for the most part, they haven't. And yeah. unless there's one here that's, like, surprisingly good. Yeah. I don't know if these will, because, like, if you don't have a way to, like, force your creature through... Mm-hmm. Right, you just end up kind of like you might just end up throwing it away and not getting the effect, yeah. or throwing it away just for the effect. So there's one that makes a five five dragon. This is two two for two, mm-hmm. and you can pay four and a red if it's attacked to create a five five dragon. Right. right, I guess I could see like on turn five being like, you know, suiciding this guy in so you can spend five mana to make a dragon. Yeah, I mean, at least that one has first strike, so like maybe it lives through a combat or two. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I'm not sure how viable they're gonna be. But I, I do think just be mindful that the limited environment might be pretty aggressive. Yeah, because they have to make these mechanics work in limited. Right. Right. Like if it doesn't work in constructed and it doesn't work in limited, it's kind of a failed mechanic. Right. So. This might be like, you know, what is it? It was Amonkhet that was just like, take one, two, and three drops and smush people. Mm-hmm. Slitherblade. Slitherblade, my there, boy. There you go. I thought I'd make you happy there. Yep, thank you. Uh, yeah. Me trying to draft green, black, 
counters. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Hey, drafting green black counters poorly day two draft. So hey. Yeah, I didn't get there with my slither blade deck. Yeah. Although I do have to mention that I was like way ahead of the curve. You were my sealed pool had like three sub slither blades in it for that event. And then I think it was either that weekend or the following weekend. Like that was the thing to do for that, that limited environment. Yeah. For that PT, because no one drafted slither blade. And then, so Christian Calcano just started taking all of them and it ended up being a really good deck. If no one took the cards, right. Cause you would take other stuff that was good. And then you well, just you get a pile like of cartouches. Yeah, then you, you just, just get a pants on your slither blades. But you'd be able to take your cartouches and like removal spells early and yeah. then get your slither blades late. Yep. Yeah. So again, just be mindful that this probably means the limited format's a little aggressive. I'm uh, down. I like aggressive limited formats. Uh th- that makes one of us. <laughs> Next up, I feel like they like this mechanic and they're just like let's shoehorn it in every set possible. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if this became like an evergreen mechanic or maybe not evergreen. What's the one right below deciduous deciduous. Yeah. Where it's like once a year, a couple times a year or whatever. Well, we're on the Uh, once a year time schedule now for sagas. Yep. And actually I, I think I called this, didn't I? You may have. Yeah. I think we were talking about things that we may see come back in Kaldheim and, I had mentioned sagas kind of fit well with, you know, telling a tale like like Viking lore or whatever. But we we do have a couple sagas that have been spoiled. And it looks like they're gold sagas, which I don't think we've had. No, we I had any gold sagas. I think they've all been monocolored. Yeah. Um, so this is probably going to be a rare cycle. It looks like one for each color pair because these we have both ally and enemy colors so far that have been spoiled yeah yeah and i don't know they're fine i like I, sagas they're cool it's interesting design space like the good ones make you plan your turns a little bit which i think is something that's kind of good to promote in the game yeah right now but i i don't know i always feel like you either have like the really really good like elspeth conquers death it was the black one from dominaria eldest reborn oldest reborn yeah and then you just like there's like a handful that are just like ubiquitous and are like really good mm-hmm. and then there's the rest that like you know the the effects don't add up to the mana cost yeah and- i mean there's there have been a few that are pretty well balanced though like um is it the birth of meletus birth of meletus I think that one's pretty well balanced. Um, then, was it the Flame of Keld that saw some play in Mono yeah. Red? Yeah, I guess that one. I think is pretty well balanced. Elspeth's Nightmare, I think, is pretty well balanced. Yeah, and it's also it's one. also sometimes that they're just so much value that yeah. like you feel like you know you lose to that card. But and, are we speaking about Elspeth Conquers Death? Well, Elspeth Conquers Death, or even like Elspeth's Nightmare, like they get to like. Yeah two for one you mm-hmm. out of their three drop and you're just like oh god this yeah so but bad. like that's that's just a bad card if like you can't tag a like if the first chapter doesn't tag something like you don't want to see that card oh no absolutely but you know, even like eldest reborn like 
Yeah. I felt like you lost a lot of games to Otis Reborn. Like oh, the yeah. ones that all three chapters kind of matter. Yeah. Are the ones that end up being good. Like Otis Reborn, like it was a card on every chapter. Right. Sack a creature, discard a card, I get a creature back. Right. Elspeth Conquer's Death is only two cards. Right. But the second one chapter is sometimes enough to just like hold you off. Well, it's like two and a half cards. Yeah. Like the middle chapter is half a card. Uh, Something that has come up, I think we might have talked about on a pre-show, is all these cards that are either, that have a white or a blue mana cost could potentially just be busted with Yorian. Right. So the officially spoiled, like, two red-white one, that mm-hmm. the first chapter is exile four cards. You can play them till your next turn. Yep. Just getting to, like, blink that with Yorian. Mm-hmm. Guh. Yep. And then maybe find another Yorian or uh, Charming Prince or something to keep the chain going. Yeah, then you just go through your whole deck. Yep. So that is that is a little concerning. Right, with Yorian, like, permanent-based, like, card advantage. Yeah. So, just be on the lookout for those. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's... What, what about a Kiora Best the Sea God? It just costs that, too much. Is that a card on every chapter? Um... It's an 8-8 yeah. Hexproof Kraken, a Sleep, and a Control Magic? It is a card on every chapter, but the problem is it costs, like, what, 8 or 7? seven yeah yeah it's just too expensive yeah right and like especially like in this standard with ugin the the token doesn't do a ton and the ugin could just like get rid of it if need be yeah yep right like if they play that you can be like plus my ugin next turn minus my ugin Mm -hmm. get rid of your else get rid of your kiora best sea god and like yeah keep my ugin it's just the question of like what you can do with that mana, and it's like, I can spend more mana and get an Ugin. Right. And, like, definitively catch up. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just worry that, like, it just seems like... This reminds me of... Oh, what is it called? In Eternal, they don't have Planeswalkers, but they Mm -hmm. have cards like Sagas. Okay. And it seems like they started, like, Eternal started doing that, and then Wizards just kind of jumped on that bandwagon. Well, I, I don't know if you ever read this article, but there there was an old article on the Wizards website about designing planeswalkers. And when they were first tossing around designs for planeswalkers, they were basically sagas. Like they, they did something, they did something else, they did something else, they went away. Yeah. So they just kind of dusted off that old design and called it sagas. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. The next one, I am a genius. Thank you. <laughs> is uh, the MDFCs, the modal double face cards. Mm-hmm. We knew these were coming because they said, like, the other four lands are going to be in right. Keldheim. But yeah. some... Well, I mean, they're, like, the best lands, right? Yeah. It's like the Simic one, the Golgari one, the Rakdos one, and I guess the Azorius one. Yeah. I mean, it's not that blue-green has been too good that it needed a land, too. But, hey, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but... Someone was like, oh, hey, they could have a legendary creature and its backside be its weapon. Mm-hmm. Like Thor and then Molmir. Yep. And what did we get spoiled? Leg- uh, exactly that. A legendary creature and his weapon. Yep. 
So that is one thing that looks like they're going to do. They might just have like a, they've only spoiled the white one, uh, right. but they might, you might end up with like a cycle. Like I hope so. These are really cool. They're they're the white one's a God. So yeah. usually in planes where we have gods, you get you a cycle of them, a cycle, one God for each color. Yeah. This God is not indestructible, which is like the first, well, I guess the Amonkhet ones were indestructible. They just never went away. Yeah, they just, like, Scarab God. Scarab God just kept coming back. Yeah. And then they, and then in the next cycle, in War of the Spark, they went into your deck, but, like, yeah. came back. Yep. The, this guy is not indestructible. has no, like, recursion. He just gets to be a sword on the backside. Yeah, I mean, you, you got to pick one or the other, though. Yeah, it's it's creature it's on the like front. It's not like he dies into the sword. Yeah, it's creature on the front, sword on the back. So just yeah. like the MDFC lands, where you can be like, I can play this as the front side, or I can play it as the back side. It's mm-hmm. the same thing here. You either get to pick, I get a creature, or you get to pick, I get an equipment. Yeah, it, it's kind of cool, because these are like legendary, you don't feel as bad about playing a playset. Like, nobody played four Kefnets. Nobody played four Scarab Gods because you just ended up with, like, redundancy, especially since they were hard to get rid of. Like, you you ended up with multiples, like, clogging your hand up. These are kind of cool because if you already have the God, you can play the sword and equip it to something else, and, like, it's not a, it's not a useless card in your hand, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it definitely... You know, makes it so those hands that have two legendary creatures, you're not like, well, I'm going to play this and hope it gets countered or dies. Uh, it doesn't matter. I can get both of them out of my hand regardless. Mm-hmm. And in the white one's case, the sword is cheaper than yeah. the creature. So, yep. like, if you had two of them, it could, like, be your cur filler on turn two. Right. Maybe be like, oh, I'm just going to play the sword so I don't have anything else to do with my mana. Mm-hmm. And I don't have, like, and I have a three drop, and now I have the four drop creature in my hand. Yep. My mana is spoken for for the next few turns. Yep. So it gives, um, you, gives you a way to it, fill things out. Yeah. It, it's also kind of worth pointing out, probably only specifically in this case, that if these things get blinked, it'll come back face up. So if you blink the equipment, when it comes back, it's not going to be the equipment. It's going to be the creature. Yeah, the lands did the same thing. The lands came back face up. Yeah, lands don't get flickered that often, though. Oh, you didn't see? You've been watching real content. Saffron Olive made an entire deck where he was like playing like the the lands and then flicker wisping yeah. them. And so you're like, you can flicker wisp the clone land and come yeah. back and clone your flicker wisp and then flicker wisp another clone land. Why would you do that? Because you can get a bunch of mana worth of stuff for no mana. Right, so oh. like like the 4-3, the blue 4-3 that gets flying. Oh, yeah, yeah, Right, yeah. so you play that as your land, and then you flicker wisp it, and now you have a 4-3 that you didn't end up paying mana for. Yeah, that just kind of sounds bad, though. Hey, I didn't say it was good. I'm <laughs> saying it's a thing that, a thing that can happen. Or a thing it's that thing has that a, a thing that was on the internet. Thank you very yeah. much. That makes it real. Okay. Gotcha. The internet is real life. 
That's yeah. what Twitter is. Tw- Twitter is exactly how the world is. <laughs> right. Yeah, but you're right. Like if you, you know, blink the equipment somehow, it would mm-hmm. come back as the creature. Right. Let's say you play your equipment for two mana and mm-hmm. there's a way to blink that equipment and then you get a four mana creature for it. Mm-hmm. Like that could be fine. Yeah. Be a little ahead on mana. Feel very smart. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what else they're going to do. Like it would seem weird to have the lands, the gods that are equipped, that also have an equipment on the back and then another like, yeah, I, I don't know that they do anything else. It might just be the gods and the lands. Zendikar Rising had creatures with the land on the back. Yeah. Spells of the land on the back and then lands of the land on the back. Yeah. So you could, maybe they have like creatures with an equipment, land with a land, and then maybe something else. But they might just... Spell. Oh, a spell Isn't a that spell. just a split card though? That is just a split card. But yeah. maybe, maybe they just stop with, you know the the two i mean i guess you could do like an equipment with a spell on the back maybe i don't i don't know that they actually do any more mdfcs like this might be all of it it might be um we were talking briefly i don't remember if it was at the top of the show or if it was in the pre-show but there's a lot of mechanics in this set yeah so they might like just do the gods with you know modal double face as a way to you know, make them special because they're not indestructible. Yeah. And then like just do the land to finish out the cycle. And then like, that's it. Yeah. Or like use the, the God with the equipment on the back to tell the story. Yeah. Hey, this is Bob and this is Bob's hammer or whatever. It's Helvar. Well, that's the white guy. What the red guy has a hammer. A (laughs) hundred percent. The red guy has a hammer. The black guy has a sickle, right? Yeah, probably. I don't know. The green guy has a bow. And yeah, the blue, probably. the blue one has like a trident. He has a squirtle. A squirtle. <laughs> Thassa, god of the deep, war turtle. Right. Yeah. It's just <laughs> squirt guns on his back. It's, yeah. It, it's just the Pokemon Squirtle. You just tape a Squirtle card to the back of your Magic card, <laughs> and that's how it works. Ta-da! You're like ta-da! I need more 4, energy. Four thousand damage. What? Yeah. That card's great. <laughs> so then. The next mechanic is Foretell. Yeah, this is kind of a strange one. So we know Foretell's happening officially because, like, I think the face card for one of the commander decks yeah. had um, Foretell Mentioned as a keyword on it. on it. It was actually uh, spoiled on the magic stream. Yeah, it, it wasn't spoiled as a keyword, though. They were just like, like we're not going to tell you what Fortel does. Mentioned on the card, yeah. And then yeah. they said, you guys can figure Fortel out. Yeah. Uh, no, no, we can't. But yeah. thankfully, again, it seems as though there's been some leaks. Yep. So Fortel is somewhere between Morph and Suspend. And, yeah. Instead of trying to explain this, I'm just going to read the card that was kind of leaked. Okay. And then we'll talk about it for a minute. Uh, The card that was leaked is Battle Mammoth. It's three green green for a 6-5 elephant. has Trample. It says whenever a permanent you control becomes the target of a spell or ability an opponent controls, you may draw a card. And then it has Foretell, two green green. Uh, The reminder text says during your turn, you may pay two generic and exile this card from your hand face down 
cast it on a later turn for its foretell cost. So this card, I'm assuming all foretell cards, you get to pay two generic mana, exile it face down so your opponent doesn't get to see it, and then at some later point in the game, you get to cast it for its foretell cost. Yeah, so it's like suspend in that you're like paying a cost, setting Mm -hmm. the card aside, Mm -hmm. and then at a later time you get to cast it. Where suspend, it was like you get to cast it in this many turns and not pay any additional mana. This is you can cast it whenever, but you have to pay an additional mana cost. So it's kind of like... Suspend would face up also. Yes. So your opponent knew what was coming. And then morph was pay three and you get a two two face right. down and then you can pay the mana cost to flip it over and get whatever that creature was when you flipped it over so yep. this is somewhere in between those two mechanics yeah pretty strange it is so i think first the the two mana gives mm-hmm. you a way to spend your mana when you mm-hmm. might not have been able to spend your mana otherwise. Right? Imagine yeah, that's a good point. you're playing a standard deck and you just don't have a two drop, but you have this thing. You get yep. to use your two mana on turn two to pay mm-hmm. the foretell cost, and you're getting a discount and getting to play this creature on turn uh four. Four. Yep. Yeah. Also, this has the like classic the now current classic, like three green, green, put a wall of text on it. It'll be fine. <laughs> right. Kind of, sort of. Like Elder Gargaroth. Yeah. This guy. I think Gargaroth is better, but still, same kind of thing. Yeah. And, but it also sneakily is also two green, green, put a wall of text on it. Oh, this guy actually turns on the Great Henge pretty well. Yes, it does. Like, Great Henge no. costs three then? Yeah. So, like, Morph, when we had Morph Unlimited, made mm-hmm. games really long. But you always, yeah. you never got to get mana screwed. Because, like, if you had, you know. Right. You always had a mana sink. Yeah, if you had, like, Swamp, 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 and you had a green card in your hand with Morph, you got to play right. something on turn three. Right. And then on turn 12, when you had a bunch of mana, and you drew another land, you mm-hmm. could spend your mana to unmorph your card. Right here, you're giving up board presence, right? You're not getting a body out of it, but you're getting. Well, I mean, you don't know that they're all going to be creatures either. Yeah. But what I mean is like, you're going to foretell something and it's not like it's going to be a two, two, right? You're spending your mana to not get on the board. Yeah. But to get some bonus or discount later, Mm -hmm. which like that would make me feel like you wanted to have a slow format. Yeah. Right. Completely unlike boast. Unlike both, like this mechanic makes me feel like, hey, we want the games to be glacially. I see what I did there. Slow, <laughs> so that you can foretell something on turn two, play it on turn five or six, and not be dead when you do it. Yeah, and not get run over. And yeah. boast is like, I gotta run you over because none of my cards do anything unless I turn them sideways. Right. So it's like, well, which which are we trying to do here? Are we trying to like make me turn my creatures sideways, or uh, weird man boast? 
Yeah, so it does. It does, they don't seem like they mesh for like limited. Mm-hmm. But I think Fortel probably works better in constructed. Probably it depends like what the, how the boast is costed. Yeah, like this this other boast card seems better than the dragon one. What was the other one? Arnie Broken Brow, two and a red for a three three with haste, and boast one. You can change Arnie Broken Bow's base power to one plus the greatest power among other creatures you control till end of turn. So it's a three mana three three with haste that becomes one more powerful than whatever the most powerful thing you have is. Yeah, I mean that's good. Yeah. But what I I guess what I mean is like for Fertel, it's so let's say that your opponent plays a questing beast on turn four and you're like, Oh man, I've gotta play this Heartless Act but I don't have another two mana play. Yeah. Right. This is going to let you use that two mana to foretell your creature or mm-hmm. foretell your card to like get a discount on the next turn. So you can yeah. always think about it as it's a way to let you use your mana more efficiently. Yeah. And also like standard is in a spot where mana sinks are good because of all the ramp that's in standard right now. Yeah. Which is kind of another reason why Boast will or uh, Fortel will probably be decent. Yeah, but you're always it's always going to give you just some way to use your mana. Yeah, which always is useful. Like Morph didn't see a ton of standard play; it saw a little, mainly because like a three mana two two, regardless of what like the other side is, mm-hmm. isn't good enough to do with your turn three and constructed. Right. I mean, unless unless you uh, unless it's a Brian Elemental. There were variants on Morph that saw reasonable amounts of play. One weekend where everyone's life was 400. No, like Death Mist and Den Protector. Like, they saw lots of play. They did. But that was Mega Morph, but. But, like, they all, when they unmorphed, they got you a card. Right? There were some. Right, yeah. But, like, you, like, the what you want to do with your Den Protector a lot of times was, like, play it on five, right? You pay the morph yeah. and then you pay one in a green like you rarely like ran it out like here's my three mana two two well no but like when you unmorphed it i mean you got three free three three death touchers yeah right i mean it got played because of the fact that it like brought a bunch of value with it in the fact yeah. that it got back cards and death miss raptors but right. like you know i'm trying to think of like a rare morph but Segu Mahler, my boy. Oh. Uh, yeah. Right? Segu Mahler was a 6-6 trample hexproof for four green-blue. Mm-hmm. Never really saw any play. I tried. I really did. I was like, this card's good. Not yeah, good I like enough. that card. Right. But... If only that card was legal now. <laughs> See, back then, Simic wasn't good. <laughs> it wasn't. That was the problem with, like, Nux, too. Yeah, well, wasn't good. this was one of the very first things we talked about on the podcast was yeah. like the fact that like Savage Knuckleblade reads great, but yeah. didn't see any play because like all the teamer buddies around it weren't very good. Right. And like Anna Fenza was good, but she also had Thoughtseize, Fleecemane Lion, and Siege yeah. Rhino. And all those cards were nuts. Mm-hmm. And Abzan Charm. Yes. So you just had like all the Abzan cards were good around each other. Yeah. So you got to play Abzan, 
where like Savage Knuckleblade was good in a vacuum. Like you read it and you're like, this is a lot of stuff. But then it just didn't have the support. Yeah. The right. rest of the deck was garbage. Yeah. So like I think Fortel I guess Fortel's also like, you know, it gives you a way to like protect your hand against discard. Yeah, that's another point that I was gonna make. Like discard in standard isn't great right now. The only thing we have is um agonizing remorse, that's the one. The rest of the discard that's standard legal isn't great. So I don't know like how much that's gonna matter, like protecting your thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it certainly protects against thought seas like in historic, but I don't know how much it's going to matter in standard. Yeah, I just had a thought. What's so that? they like seem to always print like a discard spell that is like one in a black like set ability. Right. Mm-hmm. So you like had transgressed the mind, which exiled a card. Right. So it fed like devoid and process. Yeah. You had Thought Erasure, which was blue-black, but it surveilled. Mm-hmm. You have Agonizing Remorse, which can exile a card from their from their hand. It can eat an escape thing. Or it can eat an escape thing out of the graveyard. Yeah. Right? They've already screwed with exile with processing. Mm-hmm. Could they have, like, a card that was, like, discard a card from a player's hand or place a foretold card from, like, the... Oh, interesting. Right, like where you, maybe you wouldn't know what it was, and you just had to like be like, I hope this foretell card is good. Well, I mean, that's actually another thing that I was going to bring up with foretell is that if we can draw a comparison to morph with it, and that's really the only other time that we've seen like face down cards. For the most part, you knew what was being morphed. Like there were so few of them that were strong enough to see constructed play. Like you knew what they were. Yeah. Yeah, if you yeah I wonder if Fortel is going to be the same way where there's really only, you know, a handful of them that are strong enough to see constructed play. Like, you know what it's going to be. Yeah. So, like, if you're playing green, it was like, oh, you're playing, if you're playing someone who's playing forest and they go, like, more if you're like, okay, it's a den protector or a deathness raptor. Right. If you're playing blue, there was that, like, one that flipped to, like, counter a spell. Yeah. Songar spell eater. Yeah. Like, you weren't yeah. ever surprised. It's kind of like uh, when they had morphs in cube. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, there are like three morphs in cube. So I know right. exactly what this morph is. Like it's face down, but we all know it's den protector. And it's, yeah. Oh, it's face down. We all know it's whatever the angel was that had morph. Yeah. That got played for years. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be like that. But they might have a card that will interact with the foretell zone or something. Yeah, maybe. It'd be kind of weird if they did. Yeah. All right, and then this last one is wild speculation time. Yeah, we have runes. I have no idea what they mean. They're just referenced on a card that was leaked. And what um, was the? Oh, it was Rune Forger Champion. Yeah, so, and like reading this card, I think is going to give us an idea of the power level of them, also, because this could be really dangerous if they were good. But Rune Forge Champion is two and a white for a two three. And it says, when Runeforge Champion enters the battlefield, you may search your library and or graveyard for a rune card. Reveal it, put it into your hand. If you search your library this way, shuffle it. And then you may pay one rather than pay the mana cost for rune spells you cast. So it's kind of like Stoneforge Mystic, but for runes. And also cheats them into play. Yeah. 
But the way you really know these aren't good is it's on a white card. <laughs> and they've not made That's a good not what white, I meant, but sure. They've not made a good white card in like forever. But no, if there was like a really good rune that you could just like search and cut like four mana off its cost. Right. That would be nuts. Yeah. So yeah, they're probably it might just be like a limited only mechanic. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. But think about the, I, I don't know, like, I always felt like food felt like it was supposed to be like a limited only mechanic. Well, I think it, it was supposed to be a limited only mechanic. <laughs> yeah, and then it became the only thing to do. So maybe they right. think runes are a limited only mechanic, and we just end up with like playing like 18 months of like rune standard. Oh, boy. Uh, where they're like, oh, this wasn't, this was way better than we thought it would be. Oh, our bad. Everyone yeah. has to play planes. Who thought that cheating them into play is bad? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure we're gonna like see the like card the like when they do the card discussions. They talk about like the uh, the design of the cards. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be it'll be a long thing. Like, can't we just make it like zero? Let's make it zero, and then someone <laughs> was finally like, no, it has to be one. Or like it was three for all of development, and yeah. then someone said, ah, make it one. <laughs> Yeah, what we could, want runes to see play. It's one. It's one. What, what could possibly go wrong? Yeah. Yeah, so no idea what runes are. Yeah, none whatsoever. What do you think they're going to be? Do you think it's going to be like an enchantment? Yeah, it could be like an enchantment. Like where you... That was my first thought is like you just put an enchantment on it. So like kind of like totem armor where like yeah. it, was a, where it was all like a totem. Mm-hmm. These could be like, okay, you get it. and Or it could be like an equipment. Right, we have like a rune, but I guess like I guess it fits more to be an enchantment. We just then get to like cheat an enchantment, but it's all like creature or a rune hmm. or something, or like creature rune aura or something, or rune creature aura. Whereas again, a super type. Yeah, maybe. Like you mentioned, usually in a standard set, there's like eh, four mechanics. Yeah, usually there are four mechanics. We have seven. Yeah. And we like, only have like cards that are three of the colors. <laughs> yeah, so it it seems like there's a lot going on. Yeah. I mean, last year they talked about how um, Theros, in terms of like average word per card, was mm-hmm. the most complicated set they had ever made. Yeah, and then we got Ikoria. Korea, fair <laughs> but like i felt like zendikar rising was a relatively straightforward set yeah it was yeah so like it seemed like maybe they reined it in yeah but, maybe but this seems like they were like yo let's <laughs> go nuts we put mechanics in your mechanics so you can mechanic while you mechanic yeah so like, hey you thought Modern Horizons had a lot going on. Yeah. Oh, you know what? You know what? You know why they have so many mechanics? I figured it out just now. Yeah, was they it? have to prepare us for Time Spiral Remastered. Oh man, the set that had forty three oh. mechanics. Yeah. Oh, hey. So you saw the uh, the spoiler video that I linked to you, right? The the Lotus Bloom. Yeah, like a week after I said they're definitely going to reprint Lotus Bloom, right? I shouldn't buy these right now. Yes. Good job. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. yeah, but they need to they need to prep us for wizard cycling. Oh man, or sliver cycling. Yeah, they gotta prep us for like the good stuff. Yeah. So 
that was hopefully all of the mechanics mm-hmm. from the new set. If they throw like two more mechanics at us or something, like good luck. <laughs> Do you have any sort of like guesses on how these are going to be implemented? Like any of these mechanics? Um, I know we talked about runes briefly and how they may or may not be some sort of aura or enchantment. Is there any other predictions or assumptions that we can make about any of the rest of these? Well, I think we already did for snow. I think there will be snow lands, but there Mm -hmm. might not be the kind of snow payoffs that we've seen in like modern horizons or in cold snap where you're like counting the number of snow permanents. Yeah. You control and there might not be snow mana symbols, right? There might not be a card that costs two in a snow. I think the only card that we have that costs like a snow mana symbol is Astrolabe, though, right? Like all the other times that snow mana abilities. Yeah, I think they're all in the card. They're not an actual mana cost. You just touched on something that I don't know that we talked about the first time around. I think that snow mana is going to be a thing, obviously, because we have that one leaked card. But using snow as like anything other than snow mana kind of runs into a tricky situation that wizards has recently run into with like energy and like adventures and mutate where it kind of becomes a parasitic mechanic where like you need enablers and payoffs and they both have to be rammed into one set because we're going somewhere else next. So you got to make them good enough that they'll see play. And then things Um, break. Right. Like every time that they've done this, things have broken. So they might want to stay away from things like we mentioned Ice Fang Kawaddle earlier, where there's like a threshold of snow permanence that you need to turn it on or Dead of Winter, like counted the number of snow permanence you had to have an effect. Scred is the one that I mentioned, I think at the top of the show, where it does damage equal to the number of snow permanence that you have. That kind of stuff might be hard to get right, especially in a set with from my count, at least seven different mechanics, those knobs might be kind of hard to hard to rein in. Yeah, and especially if your snow enablers are just mm-hmm. your lands. Yeah, right? like it a, makes it really hard to you know tune the payoff. Yeah, like a Dead of Winter card in Standard is absurd, right? Yeah. Dead of Winter, for those who don't know, is two and a black. Creatures get neg X, neg X, where X is the number of snow permanents you control. Or non, uh, not, non, non-snow creatures. Yeah, non-snow creatures. Yeah. So, like, a card like that, like, would basically make it so you couldn't play non-snow creatures in standard. Yeah, I mean, a three-mana wrath is ridiculous. Yeah, so, like, on on turn three, if you play all snow lands, it's neg three, neg three. Right. And then you play snow creatures, so your creatures dodge it. Yeah, it mm-hmm. would be too good. So I think yeah. that they they that's something they could miss, and like I said, you could. If they're wrong with snow, it's mm-hmm. eighteen months of we play only snow cards in Oko in in Uro. Yeah. Right. It's just blue green snow with Uro. Right. Yuck. Yuck. I I think with like Changeling, I think they're just gonna be, for the most part, like, kind of like a reasonable creature that has Changeling tacked onto it. I don't know if they're going to do anything that's super changeling focused. Well, I mean, I don't think 
typically changeling is something that has a focus like that's not how mechanics meant to be used i think it's more of like a support mechanic yeah where we can kind of assume that this is going to be a quasi tribal set yeah based with on changeling to like fill out the yeah based on that there's a card that cares about giants there's a card right. that cares about dwarves right one one then they're both red so it's like right. why well, have to have dwarves and giants mm-hmm. and you know, you need those draft cards. You need the, you know, the five mana five four mm-hmm. that can be a changeling. So it is, it right. goes in the dwarf deck and it goes in the giant deck. Right. And the two mana two two can be a squirrel and whatever else. Yeah, whatever else it needs to be. Yeah. Boast? Like, I don't know. Like, again, that's just going to be like an aggressive mechanic. Mm-hmm. So I don't, like the thing you have to, is like, boast and then it like deals damage to a player but not deals damage to a creature yeah or like boast pay one target creature can't block this turn Mm -hmm. like something like that like that's just like going to be a card yeah i mean we we've seen it on just red cards so far and it seems like a very red mechanic i don't know like it's definitely not a blue mechanic it might be black it could be black and it could be green it could be green as well, yeah. Right, like um, like red-green boast as an archetype, because mm-hmm. that's just like big things that want to attack. Yeah, that's true. And then sagas? Yeah, I think, I, I don't know that there's going to be more than just the 10 color pairs. Yeah. I think we might just get like one for each color pair, and that's all the sagas. Yeah. And the the ones that we spoiled, did they all make a creature? No, the one drew cards. Yeah, the one draws cards. So we have two that make creatures, one that draws cards. Yep. Like, we've seen sagas, we've seen how they play out. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's going to be anything, like, groundbreaking here. We were like, oh, this is such a cool take on that. Yeah, I don't think so either. We've already had our MDFCs. Yep. Foretell, like, just like Escape, right? When I was like, they're going to mess up an Escape card, I thought the messed up one was... Ox of Agonis, because it only cost Red Red to bring back. Yeah. Turns out the messed up ones were the uh, Mythics. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Right. But, like, if they miss with one of these where, like, the discount you get is too low. Yeah. Right, where you're able to play it way too far ahead of schedule. Mm-hmm. Like, that could be a problem. Yes. I mean, the, the one that we have... You know, kind of spending six mana on the installment plan for a six-five trample that you get to play on turn four. Yeah, it doesn't seem great. Doesn't seem great, but you know, if you foretell for two and then like it's like a red-red cost and it's like a four-four haste flyer. Yeah. Right. Then it's like okay, that's too good. Hmm. But I also see that we could miss something like that. I did like your idea of like a snow planeswalker. Yeah, I don't know if we're gonna get one or not, but that might be kind of neat. Yeah. Because um, we know, like, all of the Planeswalkers, right? It's Kaya, Tybalt, and then the two new ones. Yeah, the one that's an elf. Yeah, and then the one that's uh, from Theros. Okay, that one I don't know. It's a non-binary person? Yeah. Okay, I didn't know they were from Theros. Yep. Oh, we're going to have squirrels. Get hype. We are going to have squirrels, yep. We got We got a legendary squirrel. Can't be countered. Yeah. Is this the first legendary squirrel so Chuckles can have a squirrel commander? 
Well, it's the first legendary squirrel in Black Border. Yeah, this is not Silver Bordered, yeah. Yep. So there you go. Chuckles. If I, if I put a foil <laughs> art art alt art one, I will find you. All right. So yeah, I don't know. There's some interesting, let's say, story points or things that could point to us going to a much talked about plane. Yeah. I have absolutely no idea how that ties into Kelty. Not a clue. I have no idea either. But we'll keep yeah. a, an eye out on that for when things start officially getting spoiled. Yeah. I'm sure we'll have a whole bunch of stuff to talk about next week. Yeah. So with that, I think we have an episode. I think we have a show. So if you want to get at us and tell us how we're totally wrong about runes and they're going to be freaking <laughs> sweet and we're only going to be playing planes for the next 18 months, you can get at us on Twitter at Casual Tripod. Yeah, and I want to hear exactly what you think room be. All of you. Hit us up on Facebook. Let us know. Casual Tryhard MTG. You can also shoot us an email. Show at CasualTryHardMTG.com. Don't forget if you're looking to pick up any singles. I think you can pre-order sealed product for Kaldheim now also. Please use our TCG player affiliate link. TCG.CasualTryHardMTG.com. And if you want to support us directly, you can do so at patreon.com slash casual tryhard MTG. Patrons get early access to show notes. They get to listen to us ramble on about our boring lives during our pre-show. I mean, our super sweet lives that you guys never get to hear any of on the show. Yeah. Because being a patron is awesome and you get to listen to us talk more. Send Uh, this baby to college. Yeah, send the baby to college. Uh, patreon.com slash casual tryhard mtg also our discord um like i said at the top of the show this may be changing a little bit coming up but we'll keep you all posted and the link will be in the description it'll also be on twitter and on facebook and if something happens you can't get in or if you're looking to get in for the first time and can't figure out how uh shoot us a message any of the above ways and we'll send you a link to get you into our discord so with that we'll catch you on the internet We'll cut you on the internets. Maybe someday we'll cut you at FNM. One day. One day. <laughs> <laughs>